You know, if God is good, just somebody say amen. 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 He is good. He's good all the time. You know, uh, this morning we're going to be in Luke chapter 1. If you have your scripture and want to open up to, to Luke chapter 1. And, um, you know, I, I asked the question this morning, are you looking for, for hope uh, this Christmas? And, uh, you know, what? I, I need hope all year long. I need hope every day of, of, of the year. And, um, you know, it's tough sometimes to sing <laughs> joy to the world. Um, you know, when our lives are packed to the brim with stuff. I mean, we feel like we're just, just overwhelmed by, by all kinds of things. And some of us may secretly wonder if it's really true that all the hopes and fears of all the years are met in, in, in him tonight. And, you know, and, and uh, I, I think somehow we've lost uh, what Christmas is about. I mean, uh, is it about bacon goodies? I mean, it, let's look at just a moment for how much time we spend doing things getting ready for Christmas. Okay, and if, if Christmas, I mean, just from the outside looking in, we may think that it's all about bacon goodies or maybe it's wrapped up with football and food. I mean, is that is that what it's about? Or I mean, or is it all about shopping? Because really and truly, we spend a lot of time and energy and money at Christmas time on shopping and and. Um, you know, for, for some folks, uh, this time of the year is such a sad time that they can barely even talk about it. I mean, some of you have been crushed by something that maybe has happened in your life and, and you've lost all hope. And if that's you this morning, I want you to know something. I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad that you're here to hear this message. I've entitled it Christmas and the Cause of Hope. You know, and as we read and think about great Christmas passages in the Bible, one of the things we need to do is to resist the influence of our culture to trivialize Christmas and its powerful meaning for our lives. Because Jesus came, there is a much deeper meaning to Christmas than what we see in our world today. See, the true message of Christmas is about hope. It's about hope. You know, and, and, and hope is one of the, the, the greatest needs of the human heart. We might be able to live without food for a while. We might even be able to live without water and this and that and something else. But we can't live without hope. We have to have hope. And, and, and hope is not only hard to find... It's also difficult to define when you talk about hope. Now think about this. You know, sometimes in, the, in, the, in English, uh, the word hope kind of describes a wish. You know, you think about wishing something. You know, yesterday, um, my wife and I had our granddaughter, Emma, and, and we... Uh, we went to watch another granddaughter who was, uh, her dance troupe was putting on a performance at the Salado Stroll. And so we were watching uh, one of our granddaughters, we were with uh, Emma and we were walking uh, up the street and well, on the way over there, she requested a couple songs, you know, having grandkids and, and kids in this generation, 
uh, I mean, you have to have a whole nother language. Okay. And, um, we, we listened to a song on the way over there. Um, it, it's what does the Fox say? Okay. And, and then there was another one. It was called the gummy bear song. And I was like, I don't know about all this. I'm just driving. And, um, but we got there and my granddaughter, we're, we're walking beside her and we're holding her hand and she's clutching the, you know, little doll that she's got. And she starts singing because she sees the Christmas decorations and some other things. And she said, this is what she said. I wish it's a Merry Christmas. I wish it's a Merry Christmas. And some, for some folks, that's, that's what we're talking about when we talk about hope. It's a wish. You know, it, it, it's, it's a wish. And some equate hope with an optimistic feeling that everything will turn out well. You know, I, I think we, we hear this every spring from, you know, Cubs fans, you know, like Jim and, and Gary, you know, they have that optimistic hope that this is the year, you know, and, and, and for some it's, it's wishful thinking and it may even be related to, uh, something like the weather, you know, they may say, well, man, I, I hope it's a nice day today. Okay. And so we, we use the word hope and, and, and maybe it's, uh, some type of general desire, uh, that, that things would go well or that some, there would be some kind of fulfillment along the way. You know, it reminds me of Larry and Elmer as they were out hunting in the woods and they got lost and they, you know, Larry tried to assure Elmer that it, all hope was not lost. You know, we can, we can just, um, you know, shoot into the air three times and um, somebody will hear us and they'll come and rescue us. So they did that and, and nobody came. And after a little while, they, they did it again. And again, nobody came. And they were going to do it one more time. And, and Larry, you know, he, he said, I hope it works this time. We're down to our last three arrows. Can you imagine? Okay. You know, in the Bible, though, hope is a type of confidence. Hope is a type of confidence. And let's look together at the hope that Christmas brings. I want to read one verse and then I'm going to read more uh, as we go along. But um, I want to read this one verse. It's Luke 1, verse 45. And it's talking about when Mary visited Elizabeth. And you remember the, 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 the baby leaped in her womb and, and, and um, they're, they're having this, this discussion. And, and then um, verse 45 says, and blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what had been spoken to her by the Lord. That there would be a fulfillment of what had been spoken to her by the Lord. See, we need to understand that hope is the confident expectation that God will fulfill his promises. That God will do what he says he's going to do. Folks, I, I can't tell you a whole lot of things, but I can tell you this, that God is faithful to his word. God is faithful to his word. Hope is the confident expectation that God will fulfill his promises. See, when Mary, the mother of Jesus, 
meets her cousin Elizabeth. And she said, blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what had been spoken to her by the Lord. Folks, that right there, that right there is the language of hope. That there would be fulfillment. That there would be a fulfillment of what had been spoken to her by the Lord. I love that. See, hope is believing that what the Lord has said to you will be accomplished. What the Lord has said to you will be accomplished. And, and, you know, we need the confident expectation that God can be relied on to fulfill the hopes that he has awakened in our hearts through the promises in his word. I mean, some of you may have lost hope today. Some of you, um, you know, may, may something has, has happened and may, it's not just because you didn't get maybe a present that you wanted or something like that. Your life has been decimated by disappointment. Your expectation has evaporated into thin air. And I came across a couple of Bible based definitions of hope that are very helpful. One is this, is that hope is a future certainty grounded in a present reality. A future certainty grounded in a present reality. The second one is this. Hope is looking forward to what God has already promised us. I love that. Hope is looking forward to what God has already promised us. You know, the Bible in in, in Isaiah 40, uh, uh, chapter 40, verse 31, it says that strength is renewed by those who hope in the Lord. Our strength is renewed by those who hope in the Lord. And this is a word that is more than just wishful optimism. Our strength is renewed. You know, in the Old Testament, the word hope, I love this because it it means to bind together, to bind together often by twisting. Okay, think of this. It refers to the process of of maybe making a rope that is made out of two or more strands and they're twisted together. And, and, And with that picture in your mind, understand it this way, that hope means that I bring my pain, my pain to the Lord on the one hand. And on the other hand, I hold the specific promises to me from God. I put those together, my pain and my problems with the promises that I have from God's word. I think that's huge because when we think about that, to hope means to wrap my problems together with God's promises. To wrap my problems together with God's promises. Secondly, I would say this, that hope trusts in God in the face of problems. I mean, I'm going to turn over to to, uh, chapter 2, verse 25, and we're going to talk a little bit about Simeon here. But it says, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, looking for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. Verse 26, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Verse 27, and he came in the spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in 
the child Jesus to carry out for him the custom of the law. And I I love this. I'm going to stop there for just a moment. So what we have is we have (laughs) this whole Christmas account that 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 we're talking about takes place against the backdrop of all kinds of serious problems. I mean, you think about this. They were under a Roman occupation. The Jews were under a Roman occupation at this time. The the Romans had taken over their country and were ruling and, and running their nation. You also have the person who's in charge, King Herod, was crazy. Okay, very uh, insecure, uh, very paranoid even of those around him, even his own family. And so you have this, you remember, he's the one who ordered all of the children under two years old, all the boys to be killed. I mean, that's the crazy that we're talking about. We see that in this time, in this nation. And so this backdrop of all these serious kinds of problems, but the entire message of Christmas is filled not only with deep happiness in the middle of darkness, but also profound hope in the presence of troubling problems. I mean, we read this, we see this person, this man, Simeon. There was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. He was a righteous and devout man looking for the consolation of Israel. That word consolation means the comfort that is received after a loss or a disappointment. He's waiting. He's waiting for Israel to come back into their own, to be free from the occupation, to see Israel's redemption. But understand this. That Simon, he was waiting. Simon was waiting and he was believing. Believing in the promises of God. He was believing what God had already spoken to him. And I love this because that is hope. When we wait and we believe God's word. When we wait and believe God's word, that's hope. See, Simon's, excuse me, Simeon's hope was not based on a denial of the problems of his day. He recognized they were, they were having a lot of problems. But rather than relying or thinking about that, he, it was a decision that he was going to trust God in spite of the problems that he was going through that day. Now, this is, this is a key point. Notice that this passage refers three different times to the Holy Spirit's influence on Simeon. In verse 25, it says that the Holy Spirit was upon him. In verse 26, it says that the Holy Spirit revealed things to him. In verse 27, it says the Holy Spirit led him. He came in by the, by the Spirit of God. He came in the Spirit to the temple. And so the Holy Spirit is all over Simeon. And Simeon took prophecy seriously. We have the book. We have the whole word. We have the entire thing. But do we put the type of importance on the prophecy that we read like Simeon did? He was waiting. He was believing. He was trusting in God. 
I mean, think about it this way. The Holy Spirit was all over him. If each one of us entered the house of God this way, oh my, how the blessings would flow. I mean, think about it. If each of us was walking in the spirit, if the Holy Spirit was upon us, if we have been living holy lives and the Holy Spirit fills the vessel and we come to worship and all of us are doing that at the same time. Oh, my, how the blessings would flow. Now, this section that we're reading is is called Simeon's Nunct Dimitus. And it really means now dismiss. Meaning I'm ready to be called home now, Father. I'm ready to go. And what, what do you want to happen? What do you want that, that, that would have to happen so that at the end of your life, you could say, Lord, now dismiss your servant in peace. Because you're not truly ready to live until you are ready to die. Moving on. You know, hope trusts God to exceed understanding and expectations. When we have this kind of hope, you think about Mary and Joseph Simeon, the shepherds, and really all of the others that we we read about in the Christmas account, they're not given a full explanation. They're not given a full explanation or, or details to describe how God is going to fulfill his promises. Think about Mary and Joseph, who don't understand the spiritual or the biological details about the miracle of the virgin birth. They're just trusting God. They don't know how it works. Would they know that he is leading them and and, and they don't know how it works. They don't know how it's possible. But they're trusting him. Simeon doesn't know how precisely this little baby is going to be a light to the Gentiles and for the glory of his people Israel. He's holding this baby. He has no idea how God is going to do that. He doesn't have the details. And many times in our lives, we don't have and believe. And folks, that is hope. That's the hope that we have. Mary, Joseph, and Simeon, they they don't allow the actions of their own human understanding to determine the height of their hope in God. See, hope trusts God to fulfill his promises in ways that exceed our understanding and even our expectation. Hope waits for God to accomplish his will, his way. I want to read uh, verse 28 back in chapter 2. It says this, it says, then he took him into his arms and blessed God and saying, now, Lord, you are releasing your bondservant to depart in peace according to your word. 
For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. You know, one of the most revealing things in this scripture, what it says about Simeon is the way that he describes his own relationship to God. In the Greek is not the word that we would expect it to be. The word here in in the Greek is, is the word we get our English word despot from. Okay, it's not the common word. It's really the word for an absolute ruler who has complete control over the lives of those under him. We might think about a dictator, maybe like Kim Jong-un or something like that as being a despot, okay? Despotism, you know, someone who has absolute control over the people in their, underneath them. And, and, and to Simeon, to hope in God is to come to God, not with Simeon's agenda and ask God to bless and hope that he will do it. But listen, in every life, something or someone rules as a sovereign. You have someone on the throne in your life. There is something or someone that rules as supreme. So what rules as sovereign in your life as you prepare for Christmas? Is it you? Is it, are you on the throne in your life? Is it something else? Is it someone else? You see, I, I think this is fascinating because he's saying, Lord, you are the dismiss me and bring me home if that is your will. And I think this is big stuff because we treat God like he's the guy upstairs, like he's this this grandfather figure that that provides all these wishes for us. But you need to understand he is the absolute ruler of all that is and has been created. We don't get to decide. But I think it's it's short-sighted of us to not have hope in him since he is the one who gave us life. We think, well, okay, I got it from here. You gave me life. You've provided everything for me. You've given me breath. You've given me all these things. And yet I'm going to decide what I'm going to do each and every day. And basically going to cut you out of that. That whole picture. But for Simeon. He recognizes that he is Lord God Almighty, period. But I want to get to the good stuff. Hope, the kind of hope that I'm talking about, does not disappoint. You're not going to be disappointed. The exchange between Elizabeth and and, and, and Mary shows how hope does not lead to disappointment, but actually hope leads to the fulfillment of God's promises for our greater good and for his greater glory. Oh, we need to hear that. We need to understand that he works things out for our good, but for his glory and, and, and I think that's big because you, you think about this. Mary trusted the promises of God for good reason. They fulfilled 
all, they were all fulfilled in Christ as he was born on that Christmas morning in the manger with heavenly signs and hosts, with, with shepherds and wise men bowing at his presence with kingly gifts and so much more that Mary could have expected. You know, she was so filled with one. This baby that she was holding would be the savior of the world. I mean, God's spirit speaks to us in the accounts of Christmas, strengthening our hearts with, with great hope in him. God will certainly fulfill the promises of grace that he's given to us. When God's word tells me that my sins have been forgiven, that I'm going to receive his grace, not what I deserve, but I'm going to receive grace from him on that day. God certainly is able to fulfill the promises that he's made in his word to each one of us. So no matter what you're going through right now, no matter how much the pain is pounding you, no matter how much failure you are feeling, you can count on God to help right now. Psalm 46.1 says, God is an ever-present help in trouble. Oh, thank you, Lord, for being our help when there's trouble. Amen. We get witnesses. We understand that. You know, David Jeremiah, he wrote a book entitled A Bend in the Road. And, and in this book, he explains how everyone, sooner or later, comes up against something unexpected and unforeseen. For him, it was cancer. For you, it may be that. It may be unemployment. It may be loneliness. It may be a strained child. It may be financial worries. Or it may be a relational rupture. But folks, this is when Jesus, the hope of heaven, steps in to our hurts. He steps into our the, the problems that we face. And he's right there. I, I, I bring Lamentations 3, verse 19 and following. and says, remember my affliction and my wandering, my, the wormwood and the bitterness. Surely my soul remembers bowed down within me. This I recall to mind. Therefore I have hope. The Lord's loving kindnesses, his mercy indeed never cease. His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I have hope in him, person who seeks him. Folks, that tells me that the key isn't to hope for something. The key is to hope in someone. It's not to hope for something. It's to hope in someone and not to hope for something from God, but to put your hope in God, to put your hope in Jesus Christ because he is God and he came to save us. 
You know, Romans 5, 4 tells us that pain has a place in God's plan because suffering gives us the opportunity to hang on and to persevere. And that perseverance brings about proven character. And that proven character brings about hope. And hope doesn't disappoint. Psalm 25, 3 in the NIV says, no one whose hope is in you will ever be put to shame. I love what David Henderson wrote. Comes when we believe what our eyes tell us. That when difficult circumstances play their hand, the game is over. There is no trump card, no other hand to be played. Hold fast to hope means being unwilling to let circumstances have the last word. (laughs) Despair says circumstances tell us what's true about God. But hope says God tells us what is true about our circumstances. I love that. God tells us what's true about our circumstances. You know, there's also this future element to hope. (laughs) It reminds me of a Peanuts scene where Lucy and Linus were watching television together and Lucy says to Linus, hey, would you get me a drink of water? And he said, why should I do anything for you? You never do anything for me. To which Lucy replies, she says, On your 75th birthday, I'll bake you a cake. I mean, really? And Linus gets up and he heads towards the kitchen. He says, life is more pleasant when you have something to look forward to. Isn't that true? We have something to look forward to. I mean, the word hope is used 52 times in the New Testament. And it is always, always, always connected to God in some way. Folks, that's enough hope for every week of the year. Christians can cope with their past because of their hope in the future. I want to encourage you as our, as our worship team comes back up here, I want you to encourage you to not give up hope. The best is yet to come. You go through all the struggling, you go through all the problems, you go through all of that, but the best that is yet to come, we're we're not done. Even, even when we die, we are not done. You see, whether you're suffering from a a disease or grieving over the loss of a loved one or, or, or facing overwhelming trials of some other nature, you can have hope. If you will put your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ as God's salvation for you. See, God loves us so very, very much. He's won the victory over sin. He's won the victory over death. He's won the victory over hell. And those who hope in him will not be disappointed. See, Christ is our hope of glory and the glory of our hope. 
In Romans 15, I have one more verse here I want to share with you. It says this, verse 13, Romans 15, 13, it says, Now may the God of hope, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, it all comes together. That God, as we wait, as we believe, he brings hope into our lives. And I I, I love that. See, life without Christ is a hopeless end. But life with Christ is an endless hope. Now, we don't know what life is going to hold for us in 2023. But we can know the one who holds us. If you want to experience hope, then I want to encourage you to welcome Jesus Christ into your life today. Because he is the hope of heaven. Would you pray with me? Loving Father, I thank you for this time. And Father, I thank you for your word.